Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Fracture, Squarespace, and RX Bar. I'm Simone de Rochefort, a video producer at Polygon.com, and I am joined today by Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate, and Brianna Wu, Vacationer Extraordinaire. Well-served vacation haver. Yes. I'm going to be running again 2020, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, we will. I mean, well, I mean, this is the top of the show. so <laughs> <laughs> It's true. All right. So Brie is back after an incredibly stressful last two weeks of her campaign. Um, and we are back after an Apple September event yesterday. And I, I think since, since it's a pretty full show today, we might as well jump right into that Apple keynote. Which I did not watch live, but oh boy, nobody was excited about it at my office. Yeah. Was it boring? Really? Was it super boring? Um, I mean it wasn't their best, yeah. No, no, it was not their best. And I have to say, and 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 it's weird because I okay, so I disclosure, I'm sick as I record this. And I had I was very sick yesterday. I had a fever and I was on like, you know, like NyQuil. And I fell asleep like halfway through the iPhone part. And that's not because oh. Oh. It was boring. I mean, it kind of was. Um, I, I think that even if it had been the most exciting keynote ever, I, I probably would have at least been drowsy. Uh, but that does like kind of color the thing a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, as we talked about last week, Simone, you all kind of knew it was going to be released because because of it. the great gushing leaks, <laughs> uh, which which only continued um, yesterday morning because somehow the sitemap for the website. Was I mean, I'm rolling my eyes as I'm saying this, and I'm like, I'm literally rolling my eyes. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, so, so some of that 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 sense was gone, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was well, it's a it's an S year, right? So there you go. Yeah. Suck. Don't forget that, Simone. That always stands for suck. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the six S, which I thought was genuinely exciting and good, but but yeah, yeah like it was very much an S year. So we had the as everyone already knew the ten S. What we later learned was called the ten S Max, and then the like third phone, which now has a name, which is the ten R. I have a lot to say about those names, but um, so these phones are Let's pretty much it, Simone. Give it to us. Like, yes, what do you think about those names? Yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> They're terrible. They're terrible, truly. I'm sorry, Apple. They are. They are awful. Simone, your thoughts? A, you already, you already heard how I feel about putting an X and an S next to each other. It creates the word XS. As my coworker Susanna pointed out, it also stands for extra small, which the phones are not. It totally right. breaks the naming scheme that Apple has always maintained which is x is 10 because we are using a roman numeral here but once you put the letter next to it you're saying you're introducing doubt to that equation and then you put a word after it that also has an x in it 10s max xs max tennis i don't know there's so much happening and then the 10r is just like a very i don't know i know all kinds of phones have all kinds of nonsense letters after their name and nothing means anything anymore. But I think it is bad. 
Well, Simone, just to put it in perspective, I do want to point out to you that HTC once named one of their phones the Cha-Cha. Yeah, <laughs> the you HTC are correct. Cha-Cha. Perhaps we have abstract letters for a reason, and it's to save us from ourselves. But I think HTC also had a one max. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I'm with you. There are definitely t- worse phone names. I'm not trying to claim otherwise, but I don't know the, 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 the 10 S max, which just looks like XS max. Like, so like the extra small max like that. I, I can't get over that. It that's, doesn't that's make sense. One. It doesn't that's make any where, sense. That's the one where I'm like, okay. And, and, and like you, and, and we've talked about this. I'm like, okay, I literally, I've, I've been so good. I, I, I almost never said iPhone X, mm-hmm. but I'm going to mess up iPhone 10 S and, and, and 10 S max and, and, and 10 S or 10 R so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, you, you can't combine Roman numerals and, and letters. You just can't. It's interesting. Cause I feel like up till now, Apple has had such a very clean naming scheme and this feels like it feels like it's going all the way in the other direction in this like weird, fancy tech, like radical, like the word Max to me reads like a radical 90s word. Um, and I know other companies have used it and maybe it hasn't felt that way, but maybe because of the contrast of Apple's very like minimalist names for their phones up till now, I'm like, Ugh. ah. that being said, I don't know what SE stands for still, so... I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I think that special edition, small edition, I don't know, but you're right. I mean, Okay, see, that makes sense. <laughs> well, and it's funny because they have, they never even said what the S was. Like the original S and 3GS, they're like, the S is for speed. And then for the 4S, they're like, the S is for Siri. And then Shut for like, the, the, the 5S, they were like, I don't know. So, you know, they but, but we've kind of come to colloquially understand what that extra letter is for. Um this time, I think that it's it's the extra letter. Uh, well, it's two extra letters. It's it's one is an S and one is an R, and then it's it's moving from plus to max, which is mm-hmm. the the whole max power, you know, Cuba Simpson's reference thing. That's the one where I'm like, okay, really, like that that that's that's the part where that I'm kind of struggling with. Yeah, but I really the fact don't that like we're it. spending all this time like discussing the names and not, yeah, the, and not the features. Yeah. You asked me to discuss the names. <laughs> so we did, but then we continued, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say, is this not indicative of maybe why everybody was kind of bored and kind of a lackluster response? Oh, yes. Okay. So yeah. And before we move on, I yeah. want to say, Simone, uh, you've got to, re- you said like, it sounds like a nineties name. Please respect my culture and my people <laughs> of the nineties. Please respect that culture. I just want to say that. And so, I, yeah, um, it's my culture yeah. as well. And and yeah, uh, it, but it is. It is a very '90s name because honestly, it is. Hey guys, I want to say I'm so sorry for the people that I hurt with the, my words. That is not who I am. I have changed. Uh, I, I I've grown so much. So many people loved all you guys who talked to me and helped me through this. I'm really sorry that I disappointed so many of you out there. Uh, 90s <laughs> adults of the 90s gen <laughs> x gen 10 maybe these phones these phones i'm gonna call myself gen 10 from now on <laughs> oh my god you totally should you're gen 10 yeah because I'm, I'm 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 firmly like millennial but like uh and no matter what people are trying to be like, like oh no you're not I'm like yeah millennials are old now it's a thing sorry it's, it's the truth. <laughs> 
Yeah, please. Okay, okay. Please so do. I want to talk about the iPhone uh, 10. So there are three lines that have come out. There's the iPhone 10R, the iPhone uh, 10S, and the iPhone 10S Max. Uh, so, Christina, you probably have this memorized more than I do, but the iPhone R has a lot of the things you'd want to buy this for. It's yes. got the faster face ID. Um, it's got the faster chip. Um, the main features it seems to be missing are 3D touch and a better camera, like a dual right. camera setup on the back of it. Um, also, it comes in better col- colors, uh, except for the gold, because gold is best. Uh, so I, I think if almost anyone were asking me what phone to buy, it's it's really hard for me to justify why anyone should go I agree. to the 10s over the 10r because it's so much cheaper um yeah yeah i mean i 1000 percent agreement i feel like so obviously the camera is going to be the biggest thing i mean you and i love 3d touch i think we're the only two people left hey Um, i'm here with you um okay okay the three of us are the only people who are still like 3d touch like fanatics but um you know, uh, the the screen is still Retina, but it is it is actually lower resolution. It's like it's not even 1080p, which I, I got to be real. It, it's kind of funny for them to be calling it like a you know liquid Retina, um, and and um, you know, and it's not actually you know um, 1080p resolution. And not that it matters. Like your eyes can't tell the difference. And just just I think on on a phone of this size, that's I don't know whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's got the same processor. Um, the same, uh, the same speakers, the same single camera. It's interesting that it doesn't have the, um, you know, the, the second camera to do the, the zoom, but it is still optically stabilized. And I think that since they are doing, um, the portrait mode stuff in software, which Google has shown you can do extraordinarily well, I think that unless you already have an iPhone 10, there is no reason why where you happen to just like smaller phones, there's you you should really the the ten R I think is is going to be the sweet spot for most people. I agree with you one thousand percent. Is this like the phone, their their baby step phone for those of us who haven't upgraded to the ten yet? Being like, okay, you're not like quite ready to make that leap, but here is a nice cheap phone that's basically the ten. Why don't you try that out? Is this is that is it their stepping stone? It it is. It's interesting. It's really getting more expensive here, right? Like we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the Max. Like if you get the highest gig version of that, that's fifteen hundred freaking dollars for yep. a phone. And yeah, I would actually challenge um, your wording there, Simone. I don't think it's like you're not ready for that. I think value proposition is a much better word. Like, mm. is there? $350 more value on this phone versus the XS. I personally don't think so. If you upgrade, if you send your pictures to social media, uh, Twitter is going to downsample it to a huge degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the two time zoom is not that great on the iPhone 10 to begin with. Like it's, it's okay. I took a picture of an alligator this week with it. But it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, I don't even like the word step up. I, I don't, it's hard for me to see why anyone should get the 10s because I think the sweet spots are going to be XR and then XS max, because those are the only phones that are different in my opinion. I think that's really fair. So, so I guess re revisiting what I said, it would be more, it's more, 
their effort because they're discontinuing the 10 and like the eight and the eight plus it's their effort to just make sure that everyone can get on this new form factor. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And I honestly, in some ways, it just seems like this is kind of a compromise in some ways. It's like, they know that they're not going to be able to sell as a mass market device, a thousand dollar phone. It's just not going to happen. Um, and and Samsung is kind of in a similar position with the with you know the, the the Galaxy S9 the Note 9, but they are much more willing to lower their prices. Yeah, and and you've seen that. And and Samsung also has a, a much wider uh you know array of phones. And so I think and I you know in, in some ways this is kind of them acknowledging we we want to have a more mass market device. We want to go after you know markets like China where the the, the big phones are are a much bigger deal, but we know we have to have a lower selling price. So we'll be willing to cut down on some of the features that 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 put the bill of materials up so high. Um, because in some ways, you know, it, for instance, if they had released the, the the iPhone XS and it had uh, it didn't have three D touch and it didn't have two cameras and um, it had you know aluminum on the sides and not steel. And it costs less money, even if it costs less money, you can't kind of go back from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I think that, that who would upgrade to that? No one. So it's like the only way you can kind of start to lower your 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 cost, I think, is is to make these types of compromises with a different type of model. Um, so in some ways, it's almost like they set themselves up last year by putting the 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 phone price so astronomically high. Yeah. Um, that they, they kind of price themselves out in some ways, at least for a next generation new phone, because otherwise you're basically like, okay, well, we still sell the seven and the eight, yeah. but we're not selling the SE anymore and we're not doing anything with, you know, but what, what do we do if we want to get people on the, the, the face ID train? Okay. Well, we're going to have to create this new model, which in some ways is cut down. But again, I'm, I'm kind of with, with Brie, I feel like it's a misnomer to kind of be like, oh, no, you got to you know step up to the real one because it's not clear other than the, the 3D touch. And for some people who are going to, you know, really want the, the two cameras that you're giving up that much. And, and some people, I think, might be happier with the bigger screen size um, in exchange for everything else. And there's some people who are going to say like, yeah, you know what? A steel frame would be great. I would rather have another five hundred dollars in my pocket, which yeah, I mean, is a completely me. <laughs> fair, which is a completely fair assessment. Uh, and also, uh, the most of the colors are are superior. I mean, that the new the new gold color looks great, but most of the colors yeah. are superior. The ten R is the one with all the. It has six colors, and they're all bright, and I think they're fantastic. I have a question about the haptic touch because the ten R doesn't have quote unquote three D touch. Does that mean you can still do the gestures like popping open on the lock screen a message to reply to it? Or are those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can still do that because that's kind of built into the software. But it does mean that you're not going to be able to like press and hold on an icon and do, you know, a quick reply that way. And in and, and the everybody's or my favorite cursor trick where, you know, you can you know, press and kind of hold and and, and have um, really granular control over the cursor, that goes away. And it's, oh, you know, no. It, yeah, but, but I mean, so, so that's kind of, you know, annoying. But, um, but it's, you know, 3D Touch, I don't think Apple's done maybe a great job of, of evangelizing it. Maybe developers haven't done a great job kind of taking advantage of it, and maybe it was too subtle. I really like it. In truth, though, I mean, you know, it's still not on the iPad, and it, now I'm kind of convinced it's not going to come to the iPad. <sighs> 
So it's kind of been a weird UX mechanism in that you use it if you discover it, but they've also been selling devices like the iPhone SE, which was just discontinued that don't have it. And like the iPad, even the iPad Pro, which don't have it. So I, I should have built an entire marketing campaign around being able to move the cursor. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's the great. I mean, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I use that. And when I'm on my iPad or my FMSE, I really miss it. Are you sure about that, Christina? Where if you're on the home screen and you're holding it down for the shortcut, that that will still work on the XR? No, 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 that won't. That won't. What I'm saying is that when the lock screen comes up. And oh, you yeah, see but message. that's just normal touch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? When you like yeah. hold down all the way on the, the messages? They have things built in now so that you can you can do some of those quick replies. It won't maybe be as awesome, but it still has those features because you can I do see. that on the iPad. Okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna have to like go to the Apple store and touch all of these, I think. I mean Obviously, I don't want to spend $1,000 on a phone. I'm not ready for that yet. But I am used to a certain quality of life with my iPhone 8. Uh, can we talk about the SIM cards? The dual SIM for the oh, I'm so excited about. Because uh, I hate carrying two phones with me. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, you know, I've got my iPhone SE as my call time phone. So when you run for office, you have to call a lot of people. And I don't want my phone number getting out there. Yeah. So. I carry two phones with me all the time. I am so freaking psyched about this feature. Um, I am curious about the implementation because it's like, can you turn one phone number off? Can you, like, how is that going to work? It's also worth saying Apple is not going to even have this feature ready on day one when it launches. It's going to be part of this horrible, bad trend Uh, Along with the EKG on the Apple Watch, where they will enable it later, which Apple should not, they should stop that trend. But if this works as they're describing it, I am seriously pumped about this feature. How do you two feel? I I am also excited about it because I want, I've been toying with the idea of switching carriers because the main reason I'm with T-Mobile is because they offer free um like if you go to europe you don't have to do anything your phone just works um but i feel like i could get better service and maybe cheaper service if i switch to a different carrier and then i could solve the europe problem by just being able to pop in a different sim card and not even removing my initial one if i had the 10s which at this point i will probably likely not have but I i think it's freaking great yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited by it. And and um, I'm also a keep for years. I'm like, I'm going to go to T-Mobile. I'm going to go to T-Mobile. I don't know. It's just so hard. I'm going to call um, them would, and see if I can get a cheaper plan. It's just... Yeah, it's I was going to say, because I've looked at it, and I, I don't know if you will be able to get cheaper. Like, I know Verizon's certainly not going to be cheaper. I don't know what deals AT&T has. But, um, and, and going to Sprint A would be terrible for your service, and B, they're just going to be T-Mobile anyway. So I don't... <laughs> that's not really a... Um, worth it, but yeah, no, I'm, but I'm, I'm really excited about being able to go to Europe, um, or another country, pop in another SIM and then still, you know, assuming this is, this is all going to work correctly and that every carrier is going to support this the correct way, which of course remains to be seen, mm-hmm. um, uh, being able to, to still have my, my existing number. Cause the most frustrating thing, like one of the reasons like, uh, you know, T-Mobile system is so good, but also like why, 
I'll pay Verizon's inflated cost because they have, and then just expense it um, when I'm when I'm in another country. Um, is that they'll let you use, you know, because because I want my iMessage and my my texts and stuff to to work, and I want to be able to make phone calls from my existing number if I need to, you know, and, yeah. and it's. It's annoying not. So I think if, if you could have both of those things, that would be awesome. But like Bree said, this is like a bad, continued like bad stuff where they announce this feature. And they're like, oh, but it'll be coming later. Yeah. And <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, 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 get it. I, I get it, but I don't. Because sometimes later is like portrait mode where it'll be like a month and a half and that's okay. And then sometimes it'll be like a really long time. Sometimes it'll be like the air power charger that we still don't have. Right, and it, just, and it just like disappears. Not only do we not have like disappears off the website, and we're like, okay, well, maybe it'll still be around in 2018. It's like you really like you made that a really big part of last year's yep. presentation. I mean, and and but but, but for for non hardware stuff, even um, what was it? Um, there was some feature that that was delayed until like this. Oh, um, um, uh, AirPlay two, like you oh, know, yeah. You know, that was that was massively delayed. So again, like uh, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of of, of pronouncing things. I can kind of understand on the Apple Watch with the with the EKG um, or or ECG, however you want to say it, it's the same thing. I can kind of understand with that there might be some um, you know uh, legal rigmarole things they need to go through, um, and I and I feel confident that that will probably uh, be available sooner rather than later, but. For the the stuff on like like the eSIM stuff, it does kind of make you roll your eyes a little bit. You're like, really? Can we? Yeah. Can can you just make it available when you announce it? Because that's that's how Apple used to be, and that was one of the things that separated them from everybody else. Was that like, oh, and it's available today, and it's like, okay, but now it's really cool you're announcing this, but yeah. we don't know when it's going to be available. It yeah. creates confusion and it creates history. yeah yeah sorry go ahead Simone. no that was just right it creates confusion and creates like these situations where they're making promises that they aren't keeping which is not a good precedent to set and some of these like you know the um the AirPod you know they said this was going to come out with AirPlay two and how long was it it must have been nine months after you bought that thing until it actually came to fruition like oh the HomePod yeah yeah, have, yeah totally yeah totally HomePod right. They have a worse and worse track record on this. We critique Microsoft for this repeatedly on early versions of Rocket. We critiqued Android for this repeatedly. I remember saying on the show how you should not ever buy a product expecting it to come in a future update because just most of the time it doesn't happen. And it kills me to see that is now Apple. So... Um, I have to be honest, this is the biggest feature that I'm looking forward to. Just uh, And part of it is because I just bought a really small, cute Kate Spade bag. <laughs> I don't want to be cramming two phones in there. But, uh, you know, this is this is my main reason for updating. I know I'm the ultimate edge case, and I'm just I'm disappointed to see Apple uh, going down this path. Um, so as far as the features on the main phone, I do think Face ID is a little slow to unlock your phone sometimes and with yeah, uh, Apple Pay. I'm glad to see that happening. If you remember the first uh, gem version of Touch ID, it was much slower than the ones yep. that came later. Um, but I, w- I want to ask you, Christina, how do you feel about the Max? Because I am going to get the Max. Uh, I've said on the show before, uh, you know, using my phone as my main gateway to my campaign. It's how I run most of it. I'm constantly shooting off texts. 
And that larger screen, it just seems like perfect for me. I mean, which one are you going to get? Well, okay. See, I'm conflicted. I'm going to be mm. honest. Like last night I was like, oh, obviously I'm going to get the max. And I was, but I, where I was conflicted, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get the 512 gigabyte because it's a $200 upgrade. And I don't even use close to 256 on my iPhone 10. And I, I don't know if I can justify that. And everybody was kind of, you know, negging on me and they're like, of course you're going to buy it. And I was like, yeah, maybe. But then I've more, I've been thinking about it. I'm going to be honest with you guys for the first time ever. I'm, I'm even asking the question, like, do I need to upgrade at all? Or do I need to upgrade? Like, do I need to make this decision in 12 hours, which is, which is when I would be making, you know, uh, uh, I guess 18 hours, which is when I would be making this decision, like to pre-order. Do I need to make this decision now? Cause I don't know. I mean, part of me feels like the only way this is an upgrade that I should make in the slightest is if I get the max, right? Like, because going from the mm-hmm. 10 to the 10s, it's a color thing. And, um, it, it, it's rose gold ish, but it's not even really rose gold. So that's not enough of a, of a, you know, like a uh, movement for me. So it really would be for the bigger screen size. And I don't know, you know, like I, that's the only way I get an upgrade this year is if I go to the max but part of me, if I'm being honest, I don't know how much I'm going to love the bigger size. Yeah. Mm. Christian, I really agree with you on that. For me, it's like, I, <sighs> I don't know. It's we, my husband and I, like we had some socks stock sell earlier this year and we've just paid off all the iPhone notes that we had, uh, you know, like the, the, where you're basically paying it off every month. We just sure. blew, wiped it out. Um, I own my iPhone 10 outright and I have to be honest, this is the first time I'm really seriously thinking about not doing it. Uh, I am on that or I was on that plan where you can upgrade every year, but I don't find myself as I use my 10 going, this screen isn't big enough. I don't find myself saying this isn't fast enough. And one of my biggest memories about using the plus is how my pinky would always ache from holding it so many hours a day and all that weight resting on it. (sighs) And I've really been going like, is this something I even need to do? So I, I'm with you. If you hold the course on not upgrading this year, I will do that with you. If Christina I mean, yeah. doesn't upgrade, um, there's no yeah. reason for anyone to upgrade. No. And, I, yeah. I, and, and so, yeah, part of me, I'm almost like, am I going to be like bullied? And I don't actually mean bullied, but it's it like, is I going to be like, you know, forced into this because my brand is like, everybody's like, but of course you get the upgrade. But I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's, it's a powerful it's, it's really statement if you don't. It, it, I mean, it is, but if we're being honest. And so I, I like saw some, some, some video actually last night that this said this YouTuber snazzy labs doesn't, he's really good. Um, and, and he, he kind of talked about like how I think he's going to get the, the 10 R because he doesn't see a reason to upgrade to, um, upgrade his 10. And I'm not saying he convinced me. I was already kind of thinking about things, but he pointed out something that I, I hadn't really picked up on again, cause I was sick and fell asleep halfway through watching it live, <sighs> but Apple didn't make, you know, usually they brag about the smallest upgrade differences and they didn't really seem to be like, this is three times faster. This is 50% better. This is whatnot. I mean, we're talking about like a 15% better processor and maybe in some ways, you know, some, some other things, but they really didn't go out of their way to give, you know, to, to, to try to make the case for why this phone is so much better than last year's. Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, e- even the camera, it's our best ever. Okay, but how? 
you know, like, okay, it has a better, you know, like, like, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, image processor or whatever, but, but, but how, like, like what, what really is this? Like, what, what, what are the big reasons? Why, why convince me to, to do this? And, and like you, Brie, like I pay for my phone outright. I'm not on the upgrade plan and maybe I should be, that would be smarter long-term for me. Um, that just hasn't been something that I've done. I've just, it's just, I've, I've been more comfortable just, just paying for the phone outright. But when I kind of look at the differences, it makes it hard for me to kind of justify, you know, dropping $1,500, uh, if, if we get tax and Apple care involved, on um, the max because again that's the only way that I could see myself upgrading. I'm not getting a 10s like that. There is not enough of a difference for me to to to, to do that. There's just not, and I'm not convinced on the size necessarily. So I'm, I'm conflicted. But I think that you know um, this is an S year and we know this. But in past S years there have still been features and 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 reasons why you would want to get the new phone. If I'm being honest at least the way it's been positioned so far, I haven't seen a reason to get the new phone from the last phone. Um, and that might be just because the, the iPhone 10 and, and I've said this before, and I think most of us have agreed, you know, Bree probably agree with me on this. I think the iPhone 10 is one of the best phones Apple's ever made. It's a fantastic device. I've really, really enjoyed it. Not to say that it, it's, it's perfect. That's a worry with it. Like it's very prone to breaking. If you, if you yes. drop it, and okay. I'm eager. part of why I'm, I'm, I'm willing to wait on this, Christina. And I, I want to be honest, before we started the show today, I assumed I'd be up tomorrow night ordering an iPhone XS, X, iPhone XS <laughs> along with everyone else. I was going to get 256 because, um, honestly, like, we were chatting before the show. I thought I had the 512 version of the iPhone oh. 10 because I always have so much space. And then Christina told me they don't even max make that. So <laughs> like, I have too much space with the iPhone 256 and that's like dropping seasons of Netflix and lots of iTunes movies so on it all the People getting the 512 are going to be like shooting right. whole movies Like I have a 512 right. in my laptop, like if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't even yeah. close to yeah. yeah. that. And I do a lot yeah. of stuff in my MacBook. A lot of stuff. Yep. And I have a 512 yep. there. Ultimately, I'm going to have to, before I make any decision, and I am on the upgrade plan, I, I am going to have to like go in the store and actually touch the phones myself. I'm not going to pre-order I want to really take my time with this because, hey, I yeah, I'm just not sure. There, there's none of them are really speaking to me, and I feel like the 10R is the only one I would realistically go for because of my price range. But also, then I'd be losing some things that I take for granted with my eight. Right. So well, and also you're going to be going from an eight which is like 4.8 inches to a six and a half inch phone. Yeah. Like it's going to be genuinely a humongous, humongous, humongous There's device. There's no place for people like me in this world. I, I get for, or, I mean, I'm, I, I like the smaller form factor too. And so again, it kind of bothers me that I'm like, I have to get a form factor. I don't even like as much just to, to fill my lust of the latest yeah. greatest. So I'm, I don't know, as we're talking about this and, and I feel better, Brie, knowing that you're kind of in the same position that I'm in. I'm kind of at the maybe I'll wait for the reviews stage, which you know what, I know. Christina, I will make you a deal. I will wait for reviews and drop tests on this before I do it. I will sit out the pre-order if you will. Okay. Strength. I'm, I'm in. Strength I'm in. in numbers. Okay. Hey, did you know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Fracture? Fracture, yeah, is the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home. 
they make the perfect thoughtful gift and they're handmade in the game in Gainesville, Florida from US sourced materials. Bree, you're in Florida. You could you could go there. You yeah, could you're find actually them. not that far. You're not that far. Oh, them. oh my gosh. Yes. You could just stand outside and wave. Their sleek frameless design goes with any decor. And ordering them is super simple. They come ready to display straight out of the box, and that even includes a wall hanger. It is a totally fuss-free experience. They are also a green company, and they operate a carbon-neutral factory, which they lovingly refer to as their fractory. <laughs> Bree, you could go learn about green things from them, and then and you do a, no, do a presidential through visit. The window of the fractory. I'm just going to be over there. I love it. I love it. Christina, you actually ordered a fracture from Fracture last week for our listener, right? Yes, for Kevin, who I met. So, so uh, uh, frequent listeners of the show will remember that uh, uh, Kevin is a listener who uh, um, made an amazing um, array of fracture prints of all of his favorite podcasts, in, in, including enemy of the show, Max Timkins uh, <laughs> uh, from Heart Cards Against Humanity. We're, we're kidding, Max. We love you. Um, and and we said that we would send him a special fracture prints. Um, uh, signed by us, and and, and uh, I sent it out last week. But even better than that, I met Kevin at XOXO last week. It just happened to to happen. He's a lovely guy. We had a we had a great time uh, hanging out. He gave me some amazing um, uh, gifts that uh, that that he made for us at Rocket that I that I'm going to be sending out to to, to you um, and uh, Bree um, this week. Um, uh, there are some amiibos built in. Uh, Simone used it with Breath of the Wild. I'm not going to tell you what power it gives you, but you're going to love it. And um, I went through the ordering process. It couldn't have been easier. It was really nice. And he's going to get his um, uh, next week. And I'm super stoked. I can't wait to see pictures of what it looks like. But yeah, the, the ordering process was really easy. And uh, I, I might have used our discount code. <laughs> nice. Good. What's that I'm discount glad. discount code again, Christina? It is uh, if you go to fractureme.com slash rocket. That's how you get the disc- discount code code fractureme.com slash rockets you get 15% off with that yeah yeah so no, super excited so, you listeners and, and as well join Christina in getting photos to people who need them so thank you so much fracture for your support of rocket and relay fm I'll talk about the the apple product I'm excited about yeah I am very pumped for the series four Apple Watch. This looks like the first genuine upgrade to this thing. You know, I talked on the show a lot how I had the Series Zero Apple Watch, and I was just completely not sold on it at all. I work out every single day unless I'm so sick I can't leave the house. And I still could barely find any value in the Series Zero. I upgraded to the one with cellular, and just being honest with you all, I've used cellular maybe twice yeah, in same. all the I, time I've used it. Yeah, I, I, I saw those times. Yeah, I don't know why I pay for it either. Um, one of those times was when I was testing it to see if it even worked. Um, but I found a lot of value from the Series 3 Apple Watch uh, just because yep. it's so much faster. The battery is better. It captures uh, exercise data better. Um, but despite that, I am absolutely upgrading to the Series 4 Apple Watch. So how do you all Same. feel about it? Same. And so I um, at full disclosure, um, I get a certain amount of money every year for a fitness credit um, from my company. And I could have it towards a really nice gym membership. But unfortunately, the really nice gym um, is close to campus, but really far away from where I live. 
and the, the shuttles back and forth between the office and the gym don't fit well within my actual workout time. So I don't do that. And, uh, the, the, the location that is ostensibly close to me is not nearly as nice. So I don't do that. Um, and, uh, last year I used it to get an Apple watch. I got the, the series three cellular and like you, Brie, love it. Um, I, I, I haven't really used the cellular stuff, but I love everything else about it. And I don't work out like you do. Um, but it, but it's been really nice, but looking at this, especially the, the EKG functionality and, uh, the new edge to edge, uh, display and the fact that they, um, I was worried when they talked about how it was larger. I was really worried about the mm-hmm. fact that the older band work and I even tweeted about it. I was like, what's going to happen to my band collection? And then they came back and they're like, nope, you're good. You can still use all of your existing bands. And I was like, yo, that's a very you. good thing. No, that is so good because I'll be honest with you. I spent $800 on a series zero. Um, and, uh, you know, the stainless steel, I, I, I got it basically as soon as it came out, I ordered, uh, you know, I had my FOMO cause I got it a week late. Um, Aww. I got the, I, I got, because of the band choice that I had to switch. I then have spent, you know, hundreds of dollars on, on various, you know, bands that watch is now obsolete. And that was an expensive device and it is obsolete. It is never going to get an update and it is, it is dead. Um, and if I didn't have a fitness credit that would kind of pay for my new devices, I'd be pretty mad. I'm not going to lie. But now seeing kind of the cadence of what they're doing and, and getting a better idea, this looks even better. Seems like, you know, the, the screen is good. The new functionality is good. It's even more water, you know, resistant and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm here for it. And, uh, Simone, if you want my uh, practically new uh, Series 3 with cellular, we'll talk after the show. I can make you a really, really good deal. If, uh, if I'm if you're interested, yeah. Although, I mean, you're <laughs> definitely... Uh, the Series 4, there's not a thing about it that I'm not into. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to spend money on it. But <laughs> except for, of course, the features that have yet to come to it. But yeah, it it definitely sounds like improvements all across the board and like actually exciting improvements. I, I think people were more excited about like the fall detection and the EKG than they were about anything during the iPhone keynote. You know, it was interesting that they opened with the watch yeah. and, and I, and, and that was, they did that last year too. And last year the watch was also, I mean, obviously last year, the real star of the show was the 10, right? Like the 10 was the big thing, but the, the watch was really exciting last year too. And it's interesting. I think this year, you know, I, I get why they open with the watch you kind of want to test people's palettes and then you go into the main event. Weirdly, I feel like I was definitely way more excited and drawn into the new watch stuff than I was by the phone stuff. Um, and it, it looks great. The fact that it's thinner, um, the fact that, you know, it's kind of curved now that edge to edge stuff. I love the, the, the new kind of complications and things that they're doing. That gold color mm, looks the gold uh, color. Amazing. The pictures uh, that, uh, amazing. the verge posted that it's like the gold color. And then one of those, um, Venetian bands, I think they're called. It just looks so nice. It looks so classy. Yeah, no, I mean, it looks so good. And the thing is, is, uh, and it, it is interesting. It looks like they have gotten rid of the, um, the red the dot. Model. Uh, no, no, no. Well, the red dot, they've gotten, you know, they, they've made that better. Like it's just it's an yep. outline, but they used to have a ceramic version that I did not pay for, but I had considered. Uh-huh. And, and, and what's interesting about that, it, it, um, uh, if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself next week, but it certainly looks like they do not have the, uh, ceramic one, um, anymore. Um, is that, this is kind of a, an acknowledgement in some ways that the, the fashion first approach, they still have the Hermes, um, you know, uh, bands. Um, but 
you know, when the watch was first, when the watch first came out, it was very much positioned as a fashion device. Yes, they, they talked to health features and, and, and things like that, but it was a fashion device. They had a $10,000 version, you know, which is now if you bought that model is useless, which mm-hmm. is you know really frustrating. I'm sure for anybody who did that, you know, they really sold it as a fashion forward device. And it's and, and was the positioning was that. I mean, every executive that I talked to, including Johnny Ive, including Tim Cook, everybody that I talked to about anything at Apple, it was, you know, fashion was a, was a big kind of component of that and it didn't work. And so for series two, they started really leaning into health and, um, and series three extended that even more so. And series four, it's so interesting. That was the bulk of the presentation. And I, it, I think it's worth noting like a props to Apple for knowing how to pivot correctly, right? Like being smart enough to say, this is how people are actually using our devices, we need to, um, you know, double down on those features and, and maybe, you know, move away from some of the fashion first stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting to me that that's what has kind of gotten people to buy the watch. And also I think the fact that they very much will sell the the sport, you know, and, 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 and highlight the sport as much. They don't kind of treat it like the the crappier little brother, oh, you can't afford the real one, get the sport. It's like, no, they're, you know, the materials are different, but but get the sport all you want. That's great. Um, this is designed for- It's actually the better design of the two of them, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, so when Series Zero came out, I had the, the cheaper version, and then I decided to upgrade to the stainless steel version. So I sold mine on Craigslist and upgraded. Um, the stainless steel was so much heavier for running, which is like a constant arm moving thing. It was really annoying. I would have it like swing so much. My Milanese loop would open a little bit totally. and it wouldn't be snug enough to, uh, to do my heart rate on it. So, um, I'm really psyched about this. I think, um, I think the only reason to get the stainless steel is if you definitely never work out <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise it's just so much heavier. It doesn't look that different, especially right. in black, which is my go-to color. Um, I'm really excited about this because, um, the automatic workout detection. And some of the Nike versions of it, I'm going to get the Nike version because I will absolutely compete with other people to, um, you know, see who can work out the longest or run the fastest, you know, yeah. uh, half marathon or whatever. I will absolutely use that all the time. Everything about this, I, I just think it's better. I even love the better watch faces that this one yeah. has. I've always felt like the, the the screen I feel like I'm forced to use on my Apple Watch is the modular screen, which is, it's so ugly considering Apple is a company about graphic design. It's so utilitarian it and is. terrible. Um, I, I'm really excited about some of the watch faces on the new one that will give me like the high and low of what the temperature is going to be today and where it is, you know, where my heart rate should be falling, all of those things. I'm really psyched about this. Yeah, so, I feel like they really, everything about this is very much for you, Brie. Like it's, it's a device for you. <laughs> it is. I am going to go and get cellular this time again. Um, 
you know, I think the walkie talkie feature, I'm not sold on it yet, but I could definitely see some of the events we're going to be working with my team, like us using that feature. I absolutely can imagine that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, um, I'm excited about this. I'm definitely going to order it, but the version I'm going to get is only $500 because I'm going to recycle my Milanese black loop from this year. Nice. Milanese is the word. When I said Venetian loop earlier, I meant Milanese. Yep. So, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of of two things. So I just, I just looked it up to make sure they really did get rid of the ceramic model. They absolutely did because even the, uh, the, the series fours that come with the Hermes, um, uh, uh, bands are the stainless steel. Um, but the Hermes bands are sold separately. So there is, although I don't know if the watch faces are, I bet there's ways that around that. I don't know. Because I, As I understand that. it. The watch faces are proprietary to the oh. Hermes version of it. And it's, it's actually really cool. It's like a color block design. So yes, as the minute is. hand goes around, yes. it like colors half the screen differently. I like hey. that a lot. No, so I'm going to show you, and I'm, I'm my only conflicting thing here is they only have it in the stainless, and I want it in the gold, um, which is a fr- which is frustrating. This because our constant ha- struggle, right? Uh, honestly, it is because look at this. I just put it in our chat. It's beautiful. This uh, this, this this color combo with this uh with the the band, which I can get on its own, but also with the watch. With the watch face. It really needs to be gold, though. I'm putting the... So, yeah, sorry. For the listeners who can't see... (laughs) uh, It's $1,250. And the thing is, yeah, that's overpriced. But the thing... Okay, here's what's frustrating about that. Is that the the thing itself, the band itself, is only going to be $339. So, you're paying a premium, I guess, for the face, which... Yeah. If it were gold, I would do it. Okay, I would do it. I I I would do it. But yeah, every not. single one of these bands would look better with a gold watch face. I agree with you. So, um, but but I love this. Um, but yeah, or watch no, body, not face. Sorry. Um, but, but where where I'm kind of conflicted is that because I'm looking at it because I'm, I'm it's so funny. I'm so much more excited about the damn watch than I am about the phone. Um, Welcome to 2018. Everything's upside down. Honestly, it really is. But but I'm, I I haven't really been a fan of the Milanese ever. Um, and in fact, I've never owned it. Um, I even when they had kind of the black model, like Apple sent me one, and then I, I, you know, I sent it back obviously because it was just like review units. But they gave me when they made came, when they came out with the the, the black, you know, um, Milanese um, with the with the black stainless steel. Um, that was cool. But now they're going to have the gold stainless steel case with a gold Milanese loop, and that looks really really nice. I'm going to paste mm-hmm. this you guys as well because i'm gonna be honest like this does look oh we are running 46 minutes now so do y'all have any final thoughts i want to say one more quick thing give me the final Um, thing this may be an unpopular opinion christina i think i think wearing the apple watch with the presumption that it's going to be a fashion accessory is a losing proposition because it's so commoditized Um, oh yeah i was on the Disney Star Wars ride yesterday. Everybody has one. And yeah, and there there was like a really there was an older couple sitting right next to me. Um, they couldn't figure out how the 3D glasses worked and how to put them on, and they were wearing Apple watches. And I'm not saying that to be ageist or whatever. I'm just saying like everyone, regardless of how into technology you have, kind of owns this device nowadays. They're so commoditized. Oh, so yeah, to yeah. Me, no, I see them everywhere. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, in no, my I opinion you would be better off buying like a really nice watch or even a really nice bangle. Almost anything is a fashion thing. I wear this, but I always take it off if I'm going to be on TV or if I'm going to, you know, like doing a nice event. Cause it's just, it's not, 
it's it's a device for working out and wearing during the day. It's not something I would ever think like, oh, look at this fashion choice I've made in, in sure. my no, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I don't disagree with that, but I really like that Hermes um, uh, leather band. I just really yeah. do. I, I really think it's really pretty. And the, th- the thing yeah. is, like, I am one of those people who doesn't work out. Um, I should work out more, but I don't. So um, for me, um, you know, it, it, it lets me know that I've been walking enough and, and is keeping track of my heart rate and, and those mm-hmm. things. Um, I know that we're running late. I do want to say one thing about the built-in electrocardiogram. This obviously it's not going to replace when people need a real one and it's not going to have the abilities to do the real time alerting, you know, to prevent heart attacks and whatnot. But this is a big deal, um, in my opinion. Um, so I've had a couple of instances in my life where, cause I have various issues with my thyroid and my pituitary. And when I was 21, um, I, I had an instance where I was always out of breath and, um, I was losing a lot of weight and we didn't really know what was happening. And I was, I was in an instance of a thyroid storm and, uh, my, my resting heart rate was like 145, 147. And, and, um, and, and we found out because they, they had to kind of do an emergency EKG on me and then, you know, figured out, put me on beta blockers, put me on some other things to lower my heart rate. But it was one of those things where if you looked at me, you know, granted that the, the weight loss was concerning and there were some other issues and that's why it ultimately kind of come into the doctor that day. And it was a doctor that it wasn't even, it was ironically with my endocrinologist, but it was, he hadn't caught things that he should have caught. And, um, uh, but, but it was one of those things where I had no clue, you know, that it, that things were, were that bad. If that had continued, I mean, I could have died, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the sort of persistent, like when that's your resting heart rate, like that's not sustainable. That is not good. And, and an EKG and in some ways kind of saved my life. And so I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm kind of believer in that stuff. And I think it's, it's a big deal. And, um, I know that there are already some people who are kind of trying to kind of like, you know, dismiss it and be like, Oh, it's not that it's not as great as they claim. And I'm sure that's true. But I think the fact that we are at a place where you can have an EKG in your watch is going to that in addition to the fall protection stuff or, or, or awareness stuff, detection stuff is really, really huge. And, uh, and because as you said, Bree, this is such a commoditized product. The fact that in a couple of years, so many people are going to have things on their wrists that can tell when they fall or that can potentially alert them when things are not okay, I think is really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's really important and I am really glad that you're okay. (laughs) This episode of rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Whether you're creating an online store, a portfolio, or a blog, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do exactly that. You don't have to install anything. You don't have to worry about patches. You don't have to upgrade anything. You just make a website with your own two hands. Squarespace has everything else covered. They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help along the way, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, which, as you know, we all love here at Rocket. (laughs) Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rockets. And then when you decide to sign up for... uh, like after, you know, you get your trial, you build your beautiful website, it's lovely, then 
Then you can use the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and show your support for us here at Rocket and Relay FM. I have bad news, which is that I want to redesign my website again. <laughs> again? Simone, you just did it. I know, and Simone. it looks really good, but I realized that the template I'm using um, has this really nice top bar, but I can only put three links in it. Whereas like some of the other templates that I, I was using could have more links in the top. And I don't know, I kind of, I kind of, but maybe I don't need links to other pages on the top. Maybe it's fine, but I kind of want to have more of them. So then I can have like a newsletter page. I have an about page. I have a book page. I have a blog, uh, which is very good. Um, but I, I want more stuff. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you know Waffle as my journey continues. With my Do beautiful you know how website. Waffle House has a storm center, Simone? I think you need, like, Squarespace needs to open a rehab center for you. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, help you get past Every time I start looking at like, templates again, so a nun comes and smacks me over the knuckles. Okay, so I kind of have a solution for you. Mm. I think that the solution is that you get a second website. I see. I see. And then do what with it? I mean, then I don't know. Just have like just okay, have so you have your it. website. You have you have your alter your alter alter ego slash book author site. Why don't you have just like the Simone site? Like that's true. Simone says dot com or something. I don't know. And I'll just use it instead of Twitter, and all of my bad tweets will go on my website instead. All right, good you could, good you thoughts. Actually, you, you yes, exactly. You could even like you could sign up for the service microblog and probably find a way to integrate microblog um, into a. Uh, into it so yeah i i think that that would be really uh that would be really good if you too like this idea again you can go to squarespace.com slash rocket and use the offer code rocket to get 10 percent off your first purchase all you need to remember is rocket thank you so much squarespace for your support of rocket and relay fm are we appled out yeah i think so we are appled out all right Brianna, you have just been through a grueling, very long campaign, which as a new challenger, unfortunately, you did not win this year, but you learned a lot and you're going to try again in 2020. Very, very well for a first time candidate. We got almost 25% of the vote. I was going to say, that was amazing. Yeah, no. And honestly, guys, we raised less than $200,000. We had literally no field operation going out and like putting signs out, all of that. We made a lot of newbie mistakes. And the fact that we got that much of the vote against someone that's been there as long as Stephen Lynch is, I, I'm telling you, we will. I, I, I feel so certain we can win next time because I know what I did wrong. I know what needs to change. And I am, I am so proud of that number that we got. Um, we nuked. As far as the numbers we got, so many people in Massachusetts going up against challengers. I did a lot better in Bill Sembrello. If you look at Alexandra Chandler, who ran in Massachusetts 3, I did a lot better than she did. We had um, you know, the governor's race and Bob Massey. He had a huge, massive operation, and he only got a, he got a little bit more of the votes than I did, but raised like multiple more times of money. Wow. Um, so if you look at our fundraising numbers and compare it to the third guy running in our district, we absolutely smoked him. 
Um, I think I got 10 times more votes than he did with a like pretty comparable amount of fundraising. So, um, so yeah, I feel so excited about 2020. Um, so Christina, what I was hoping we could do here is like, maybe you could just ask some questions. We could talk about what went right, what went wrong, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that idea. So yeah, I guess kind of getting started, um, you know, um, obviously, I th- I, and and from the start, I mean, I think that you did amazingly well, especially as a first-time candidate, and um, uh, when you kind of like everything that you laid out. But you have mentioned that you made some kind of newbie mistakes. What do you think was the biggest thing that you miscalculated going into this? I think all of us bring our professional experience into the things that we do, right? Like patterns that have worked for us before we kind of assume they're going to work going forward. Um, when I started my campaign, I was really, I was really negative on the idea about hiring experienced democratic operatives because I looked at the way most people run campaigns and how you have a PR person that doesn't really say anything of note. And, you know, it's kind of phony and, you know, overly political. And I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to hire a team just like Giant Space Cat was. Um, we had never shipped a game before. I'm so unbelievably proud of Revolution 60. Even if you're not into the game, you've got to admit the animations are beautiful. The voice acting is great. It's a relatively bug-free game. Um, you know, And that all happened with the first-time team. So I assumed I could hire a team of people and we could all learn as we went field operations, campaign manager, all of that. That was a huge, huge, huge mistake. That was the biggest mistake that I made. And by the time I realized I needed to hire people with the experience that, you know, weren't going to blink when Gamergate went after them, weren't going to blink when, you know, bad things were written about them in the press, um, you know, that is when it was too late to hire anyone. So one of the very first things we're going to do for 2020 is we're going to hire experienced people right off the bat and get that operation going. We're also going to invest much more heavily in field operations. And what that means is we're going to get a, uh, a team captain in every single major town in our district that's going to hold events up um, another really big mistake that I made is I assumed that we could um, have people from out of state or working part time on the campaign. Yet you try to be flexible with people, and if you're shipping a game, remote working can work because you know it's like you're communicating on Slack all day, and it's mm. ultimately engineering and perforce. What has to change this time is having people in Dedham where if it's like I'm driving by a baseball game and I see that they're having a tailgate party out there, that I can call somebody to go work that crowd with me and we can just go shake a bunch of hands all day long and meet people. So I think those those are the biggest mistakes that I made, but they're fixable. They're fixable. And the other thing that I'm going to do is um, – yeah, I will be honest with you, like most candidates, I don't like raising money. Um, and there were many times I would say to myself, I want to do this graphic design. I want to help edit this ad. I want to help like do this ad purchase. I want to do this data analytics on the voter information that we have. I need to bite the bullet 
and hire someone to do that stuff so I can spend more time fundraising, which is what only I can do. So um, we are aiming to raise at least a million dollars this this um, wow. this next run. We're going to announce our fundraising number soon. It's eight days after the last election, and they are going to stun people when it comes out. So I cannot wait to announce that number. Excellent. So one of the things I know that you and I, when we talked about uh, when we talked about your campaign before, that that has been kind of a concern um, because it, it's it's you have it's a benefit, but it's also in some ways kind of a curse. Is that you came into this campaign with a lot of um, uh, recognition nationally, but without um, maybe as much um, uh, you know awareness um, at the local level. Um, yeah. How do you how do you plan on I guess maybe kind of changing that a little bit um, uh, in twenty twenty. Said we got almost 17,000 votes, you know, so that is a lot of hands that I went out. And <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to keep building on that. I'm going to go to every single Democratic town hall. We're going to work more like, you know, kids softball games. We're going to we're going to really up our field presence. That was the biggest mistake that I made um, was conducting too much of the campaign online. Um, the people that I know voted for me and were passionate about me. We're all people that I met in person. So, you know, next time around, we're going to canvas even more and we're going to, we're going to work that. That said, I am going to spend a lot more time fundraising in communities that supported us. So I am going to go to every single uh, cybersecurity event this year that I can get an invite to and hold a fundraiser there. Um, what we found is because we were talking about cybersecurity and privacy and net neutrality, a ridiculous number of people that donated to us were software engineers. If I'm remembering correctly, it was about 40% of our donors listed that on their, um, you know, on their, um, like employment, like what they do for a living page for the, for that, which is a ridiculously high number. So, you know, we are going to work more nationally, um, on fundraising this time around, but we're going to get out there and have people in every single town to go, yeah, basically meet voters and earn their trust. If we double this vote for next time, I am almost certain we can win. We're having kind of a moment right now within democratic politics where you have some really progressive candidates, um, uh, you know, having some big upsets, you know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, in New York, obviously there was even an upset um, in, uh, in, in Massachusetts, which is, which is great to see. Um, and uh, are, are you hoping to maybe take advantage or maybe align yourself more with some of those groups uh, going into to 2020? Because even though you don't sell yourself as like a democratic socialist, um, a lot of your positions definitely align with some of those groups much more than they do with with maybe the the, the DNC, who uh, I you know uh, hasn't been as as open to um, uh, I guess challengers. Um, especially to incumbents. Um, is that something that you, you plan on kind of focusing on and maybe trying to reach some of those voters, but also some of those fundraising groups um, for 2020? So, you know, Christina, I did an event the other day uh, with Ayanna Presley here in Massachusetts. She's the one that had that really big upset. And I think if anyone were to go watch that tape and the way we work the crowd, our styles are pretty much comparable. Like we, we worked the crowd in the same way. We both got huge notes. So when it comes to like being a candidate that can go out there and win, I, I know I could be as good a candidate as she was. It's also worth saying this was her fourth election that she had run. 
um, for me, it was my first. And she was building off of uh, the kind of support that got her on the Boston Town Council. So, um, you know, as far as like the the passion, the energy of the people that upset the party, I know I can grow enough as a candidate to get there. Um, I'm going to say something here that I think a lot of Rocket listeners can appreciate. One of the things that really bothers me about politics is I feel like we root for the for a specific tactic to a problem versus solving the problem. And I don't wake up going like democratic socialism is the answer or, you know, democratic mainstream is the answer. For me, it's like, we've got to get to universal health care. How do we get there? That's a discussion. You know, I think Medicaid for all is a very interesting idea. I also think the public option is a really interesting idea. Um, when you look at income inequality, it's like, well, do we want to offer everyone a job? I'm down with that. Do we want to do universal basic income? I'm down with that too. So I don't call myself like a strict democratic socialist. Now, they can call me any name in the book when it comes to getting to universal health care and making sure everyone has a living wage. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to like pigeonhole myself into one way to solve a problem because as an engineer, I just don't think that's helpful. If that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Um, no, and and and, and I, I think that's fine. I guess I was just more asking, you know, since some of those groups have been gaining a lot of momentum, do you have any plans of working more closely with any of those slates um, or at least kind of maybe reaching out to some of those voters, if not being an official part of it, reaching out to some of those voters um, in your district? Out there, we're going to talk to those people. We're going to make that case in person. And I do think it's fair to say this next time around, I'm going to spend less time at the beginning talking to Democratic town halls because I know those people already. Um, I do want to say that in Massachusetts, at least, our chapter of our revolution is pretty famous for being non functional, dysfunctional, <laughs> I would say. Um, I have found it like we've gone out there. I've got tons of friends that work there, but I literally know people that have run um, like our revolution chapters in say Hull and have come to the conclusion that they cannot work with our state chapter of it because it is so, it's like a mini version of the DNC. You've got mm -hmm. people that are so self-interested in their own politics and it's catty and it's mean and um, there is a black politician in Massachusetts. He's, he is the most progressive policies you can imagine. He's one of our most famous people here. And he told me in confidence, he's like, yeah, I just want to be honest with you. Go after the voters, but don't go after the organization itself because you'll be wasting so many resources for nothing, getting nothing in return. So um, I think that's really my plan for 2020 is to go talk to the voters, be at the events, shake hands, make friends. But I'm not going to count on an organization that's really shown itself to be dysfunctional to be my best friend, if that makes sense. Definitely. Definitely yeah. does. And I guess my, 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 my final question is, um, you know, you've already announced your, your, your intent to run. You're already fundraising um, heavily. Um, when do you kind of see yourself kind of uh, starting to, to, to really get started in earnest? And um, uh, Back today. <laughs> back today? All right. Yeah, fly back um, today. And, and, um, and do, you, do you have a new website or anything where people can go if they want to donate, if they want to, uh, to, to start to join your you know, volunteers? Because I know you're going to need as many on-the-ground volunteers as you can get locally, especially this time. Where, where can people go to, to get more information? 
for our old site, BriannaWu2018.com. I've not updated that yet. Uh, it'll still work with going to donate and all of that. Um, I want to be really clear. The biggest thing we need this time around is money. Um, we are going to have to raise, just for the campaign manager alone, about $8,000 a month minimum to hire someone of higher, high quality. Um, signs, all those things, it's very expensive. And the main thing that can let me win this time is to raise enough money to really go up against Stephen Lynch. Um, you know, we, we know we've got that message. So please go to supportbriana.com and you can see this. And just the last thing I'm going to say, I am following the New York race on pins and needles because Cynthia Nixon, I was not sold on her at first, and she's running an amazing campaign. But when I see her doing that, do you know what I see? I see ads that are very professionally made. I see her with a big enough staff to go work events. I see her with enough resources to kind of go through and put a really credible challenge up to Cuomo. I am not going to win in 2020 if I can't hire a much bigger team. So this is absolutely possible, but I've really got to fundraise more. I am actually going to be voting today in New York. Yes. And I'm really excited. I was first time I'm going to be voting in, in New York State. Go, Cynthia. Yeah. I'm really She's really shown herself to be a great candidate. I'm yeah. really impressed with her. Do you have any final words, Bree? I do want to say... Rocket listeners have been such a huge help to my campaign. I have met so many of you in Massachusetts. You've come over to my home. You've done so many things for me. So I'm actually going to give out my phone number on the show today. If you guys want want to text me, feel free to do it. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So uh, that is 781-459-3131. And, you know, feel free to reach out, text me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Awesome. We are so proud of you. And uh, and uh, go to uh, supportbriana.com. I'll put that link in the show notes, too. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by RX Bar. This is like another ad read for Brie. RX Bars <laughs> are whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. Yes, health food on our show. They believe in what? being totally transparent. That's why all their core ingredients are listed right on the front of the packet and their ingredients that you'll recognize, such as egg whites for protein, dates to bind it all together, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and real spices like sea salt or cinnamon. So whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's definitely an RX bar for you. Because they have 14 flavors. Uh, and that includes maple sea salt, chocolate hazelnut. Ooh, they have a mango pineapple. Um, coconut chocolate. That's just a few of the 14 flavors. I'm not gonna read them all because you're you're gonna you're gonna go look them up and then you'll you'll be impressed by them. The bars are gluten gluten gluten, gluten free, soy free, and dairy free with no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. None of that stuff. It's just a bar. They are great for breakfast on the go, a snack at the office to push you through the sleepy afternoon time, which is terrible. Uh, You could throw it in your bag and take it on a plane. Eat it on the plane. Don't be starving. Toss it in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike or a, a nice run around 
your home of Dedham, Massachusetts, <laughs> <laughs> or a pre or post workout snack? I love these bars where you can get them, and you, you can't always like uh, travel with Soylent or liquefied meal replacements. I really miss like the bars. So uh, the odds of me using this are like one thousand percent. Like I'm gonna buy these. I'm gonna keep them in my car. I'm gonna keep them in my Kate Spade bag. Oh. <laughs> like you know, you want to keep one around for an emergency. You, you can get 25% off your first order by visiting rxbar.com slash rocket and entering the promo code rocket at checkout. So that is R, the letter R, X, the letter X, or 10 as some people pronounce it, barbar.com slash rocket. And the promo code is rocket for 25% off your first order. Thank you so much, RxBar, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and Relay FM. Well, we are at an hour and 15 minutes in our show. <laughs> we are. We are. But uh, but, but we, we did want to talk, like, can you talk, like, for, like, two minutes about, about your article? Simone, yes. Do you need some dessert? I can. We'll, we'll give a nice, brief dessert. So I uh, happily, to my great joy, got to play, like, seven hours of the next Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it it was supposed to be, it was a four hour appointment, but it was the first appointment of the day. And they were like, well, we're going to be here till six because there's another round coming in after. Just stay. And I was like, yeah. And and, and you were like, literally, you're like, this is the greatest day of my life. Basically. And I really didn't need to. I did not need that much footage. I did not need seven hours of 4K Assassin's Uh, Creed uh, footage. uh, Okay, no. Oh, no. Yes. You did because you are the number one Assassin's Creed stand of all time. It's true. You needed it. You needed it. That's very true. I did need it. And I have it now. No, no one can ever take that away from me. So uh, the new Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which comes out in October, it's the first one that's implementing dialogue choice and like branching narratives. And Ooh. it is also it's it's deepening the rpg mechanics like it's going full rpg basically so with the way that you can customize your abilities uh your basically your character build out um and of course the branching narrative so full rpg uh i've been kind of i've been excited for this but also doubtful and I guess, wary of what those branching narratives would bring to the game. And also, of course, wary of, like, bad branching dialogue in scenes with NPCs. Um, But this seven hours (laughs) that I spent with Assassin's Creed Odyssey has definitely made me more excited for it than I have been all along. And I, I feel pretty confident now that I am definitely going to like what they're doing with this game, even if it is very different from Assassin's Creed games that have come in the past. Um, what uh, what what's the main character this time around? Uh, you have a choice of main characters. So you can play either a guy named Alexios or a woman named Cassandra. Nice. Nice. Yes. And um, uh, what, uh, what, what, what platforms is this going to be on? All of them. PC, yeah. Xbox One, PS4, not Switch. Right, I was <laughs> of course, not Switch. Because it's like 4K, 60 FPS. Right. Um, okay, but good. But, but it will be on Xbox One. Okay, that yes. excites me because that means I can play it. 
unlike Spider-Man. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I've been considering a PS4 just for Spider-Man, but I feel like that seems excessive. Um, okay, so 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 seven hours in, you're into it. You like the like the NPCs. You like the the branching. It's not freaking mm-hmm. you out. It it's definitely diff- it does have a bit of that like bad NPC dialogue syndrome and like scenes like non-critical plot scenes you know when you're just talking to like random quest giver I did find some of those a little bit like oh god this is it's a little bit tiring um but the the main narrative is very good from what I've seen so far and I can't talk about that in depth but I will say I'm I'm really excited and I was very affected by uh, what they've shown of that main narrative so far. And like for people who are bored by the gameplay of previous Assassin's Creed games, it's going to be way more in depth. It's way more difficult and challenging than previous games or not, not, not way more in depth than origins, for example, but kind of builds on what origins did with um, making melee combat a little more complex and it complexifies it further. Um, So I I think that people who have been kind of tired by that Assassin's Creed sneak and stab format, which I don't count myself among those people, but I know they're out there. um, Those people I think will be happier with this game. So yeah, so you spent seven hours with it. Um, it, Were you like sad to have to stop at seven hours? Oh my God, they stopped me on at the worst cliffhanger that I've ever experienced in my life. So yes, I'm sad. <laughs> okay. So, so this, so this, this is all good stuff. See this all, this all excites me. Um, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in a couple of years cause I've been gaming as much, but um, I, I wanted to get more into that. So I'm excited about this and uh, mm-hmm. I love your article and uh, you know, but you are like the number one Assassin's Creed stands. So if there was any person who would be given seven hours with a game and should be given seven hours with the game, it, it honestly should be you. Thank you. I, I was super happy that that they allowed me to have that time with it. And I'm very proud of the preview that I wrote because I feel like I, I have so much trouble avoiding cliches when I write when I write in general, but especially when I write about games, I think, because like there are those phrases that you just kind of fall into over and over again to describe gameplay and stuff. And I really, really, really made an effort to avoid all of that and just be as as critical as I needed to be with what I experienced of the review um, and even or of the preview, um, while also, you know, explaining why I love the things that I loved. Uh, so and people have responded to it very well. So I'm happy. Uh, and I'll put the link to my preview in the show notes. And I hope you all will read it. Stop playing Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed games. I've been bored with them, but your preview made me pumped for it. It really did. So I'm going to give this one a shot. I'm going to trust you, Simone Rush. Thank you. <laughs> for the first and last time. <laughs> you don't steer us wrong. Me about Mass Effect. Steer. You did. You I warned you. You're like, I don't know about Mass Effect and Drama now. I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then, yeah, you were wrong. No, trust in Simone. Simone, Simone was right about Mass Effect, and so you're excited about this one. I'm excited too. Um, Yeah, I I I haven't played him in a couple of years, and and I'm or a couple, I guess, uh, releases and more than a couple of years. It's been a while, Um, but uh, yeah, I'm committing to this as well. All right. Well, tell me, Christina, what are you up to this week? 
This week is at the .NET Conf, um, kind of a virtual .NET conference that we've been doing out of our studios. So that's what I've kind of been been uh, had kind of going on and um, preparing for uh, for Ignite, which is a big, uh, huge um, conference uh, that we do in Orlando. And I'm going to be doing that um, the last week of October. So that means I will not be on Rocket on the week of the 24th. Noted. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, so just kind of kind of kind of that. Uh, stuff. Um, just uh, as a reminder, you can uh, catch all the videos I do at work at uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. But um, we've got a lot of really big stuff happening there. And so if you're into um, .NET or, or um, F Sharp or C Sharp or um, Xamarin, any of that stuff, there is uh, even Unity stuff. We've got um, a lot of great content coming out of the .NET conference this week. So um, uh, and those will all be on our YouTube. So check that out for sure. That's great. Brianna, what about you? Well, I've just taken a very well-deserved eight, nine-day vacation, so I'm going to finish this up. Uh, we're heading back to Boston today, and I might even take the weekend off. We'll just have to see. But you deserve it, girl. You deserve it. Yeah, I tell you, it was it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so, for just being really honest, we're trying to figure out how much time to take off before really going head first into the campaign. When you run for office, there's a lot of stuff that gets pushed into the back burner. I haven't seen my father-in-law for like a year and a half. Um, You know, uh, our basement's a mess. And, you know, I want to take a little bit of time and connect with my husband. Uh, But, you know, I'm going to be going down to D.C. and New York to interview some people potentially for our campaign next week. Um, we're going to get the website up and running. We're going to continue raising money. Um, I've told I told both of you guys how much money we raised by day one. It was an impressive amount. Yeah, I it was. Think. So, um, you know, we're going to stay on that this week. And I really do hope people will support my 2020 bid and be there on the ground up uh, by going to supportbrianna.com. Nice. I, this week, I'm just, (laughs) I'm voting. This week, I'm voting. And I also uh, put out on Monday, um, we had talked to uh, the director and the writer of Marvel's Spider-Man, which just came out, about the swinging in the game. And we also, because we weren't able to get much from them, because, I mean, it's very rare to be able to get really, really in-depth information from developers on a AAA title on their PR tour. Uh, We talked to Jamie Freestrom, who worked on Spider-Man 2. He was the technical director of Spider-Man 2, which was the tie-in movie for, or tie-in game for that movie that came out like in 2004 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was on the PS2. It was a, uh, actually, it was a really good Spider-Man game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, And we talked to him about how they did the swinging in that game to kind of understand what's going on with Marvel Spider-Man. So I did a video about that, that I did the like research and scripting for, and my wonderful coworker, Brian edited. So if you're interested in game mechanics and how they work, I definitely recommend you check this out and it'll be in the show notes. It was super duper fun to, to like get that information from them. Awesome. I, I, I look forward to, to, to seeing that because I was I was a big fan of that Spider-Man game. And I as I said, I've actually been considering getting a PS4 Yikes. for Spider-Man. Getting an iPhone, spend that money on PS4. Like that's a purchase you will not regret at all. 
Actually, yeah. That's actually really good. That's not a bad argument. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree 100%. Final Fantasy XIV, uh, you know, Detroit, it's kind of, oh, it's, it's overwrought, but it's a good game. Like PS4 has got a lot of great stuff on it. All right. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, et cetera. And as I said earlier, you can find those stuff that I do at work at uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And Brianna, what about you? At Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Uh, and you can go to uh, our Facebook page, which is developer Brianna Wistel. Hey. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and uh, at youtube.com slash polygon where you can watch that spider-man video and all the rest of our good stuff thank you so much for listening to this episode of rocket if you enjoyed it you should leave it a rating on uh, apple podcasts or tell a friend about it let them know that this is the premier place to get all your discussion about the new iphones and why their names suck Um, also if you know anyone who's running for office maybe also make them listen to that middle section uh (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone, and especially to everyone that Christina met at XOXO last week. I'm sure that was yes. a really fun time. It looked very fun. It was a lot of fun, and and, and I, I met yes. uh, a number of Rocket listeners, and uh, frankly, like as I said uh, to, to you guys, I was like, next year, you know, assuming they bring it back, um, we need to, like, all of Rocket needs to be there. It just needs to be a thing, because it's my favorite conference, period, and um, I, uh, I want you guys there with me. That'd be super fun. Do that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.